Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Strong AF X Well Conditioned Show with your host, Jason Brown, where each week Jason teaches you how to get yourself and your clients brutally strong and, of course, well conditioned. What's up, everyone? Jason here for another episode of Strong AF X Well Conditioned. Thank you for joining me back. In this episode today, we are going to talk about exercise variation. How much is needed? When to change? What is the optimal way to vary exercise? And what I have seen from my point of view is, is to be kind of that optimal amount of time that you keep the same exercise selection in your program design. Now, I want to stress that there is never a one size fits. I am never going to tell you that this is the only way. That's what I think is great about this industry is that we can all experiment and do our own research and find out what works best for us or our clients. And we might come up with something that's a little bit different. Now, to start things off, I want to give you just a little bit of backstory and kind of just show you my progression. And I, I would even throw in some regression there um, because I would say that early on as a young athlete, there was a lot less variation in my programming. I was, uh, you know, I, I wasn't writing my own programming back then. I had a lucky enough to have a great strength and conditioning coach. Um, and we would typically three to four weeks would be doing the same things. Okay. So even, even when I was using the conjugate system, um, and this was back in 2004, 2005, um, the programs that I was doing at the facility I was training at, and I, it's funny, I still have all of those programs. I should, uh, I should screenshot some of them and, and show them to you guys because I think you'd get a kick out of it. Um, and to be honest, you know, there is just so many similarities to to the way I program and how I learned the coaches I learned from. Um, and even one of my my coaches I'm I'm still friends with to this day. And uh, you know, it's just so funny. You know, your influences really have a a strong hold on things that you learn, things that you know, and even your style of programming to this day. So when I look back at those old programs, you know, it's funny, I, I just get a kick out of it because it it does, it's very clear where I came from when I see those programs. Um, now, I think the major difference is, is that, you know, uh, combining conditioning, which we talked about in our last episode, and if you, you haven't heard that one, I would recommend you checking that out. Um, that is, is certainly a huge turning point for myself as a coach. Um, but anyways, when I was uh, training at the facility I was training at, we had the same program for three weeks and it made sense because we would do dynamic effort work for three week waves. Um, and we would even do max effort work and not necessarily true max effort. It might've been sub maximal effort method for using the same variation for three weeks at a time. And that worked great. And honestly, I would say that the limitation of that was I probably could have used the same program longer and done even better. Reason being is that, you know, I was still learning. I was still, you know, learning how to move. And I would say that that was probably, again, if I was to look back at kind of the low hanging fruit with my own training, it would be there was no aerobic development, none whatsoever. You know, our conditioning consisted of doing things at the, the, at the field, you know, doing field drills, doing, um, you know, sled work. Even we didn't even do a whole lot of sled work back then, but uh, needless to say, there was just a huge void as far as aerobic development. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, movement quality was not a huge emphasis. It was, I don't really remember being coached so much in movement. I remember just kind of learning how to do it. And, you know, by learning how to do it, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that my, my movement was optimal. And back then, even thinking back, I would say that my movement quality was never a key 
emphasis. I never really focused on moving better and using less weight. It was always get stronger, get stronger, get bigger, get faster, all those things. And, um, you know, that's, there's a, there's a, a trade-off from doing that. I have aches and pains now that I probably wouldn't have had if I'd focused more on my hip hinge pattern. I'd say that I already always had a pretty decent squat, but my hip hinge could have used some work. And, uh, needless to say, um, that is something that I focus more on now. So if I was to look back at young Jason, his programming back then, I would have probably made it more simple and I would have focused more on the foundational movement patterns. Okay, not a huge mystery there. I know no one's going to be shocked by that statement, but that's what I would have done. I would have probably done less speed work. I was very explosive by na nature. So I would have, again, focused more on movement quality and then kind of looping in that aerobic um, development piece would have been part of the training. So, you know, it was three weeks, the optimal amount of time for me back then. It's what we had. It's what we did. We had success with it. I got, you know, some of the best results. Um, I was the strongest I, I had ever been. I was always one of the top athletes on my team in, in terms of strength, um, in terms of my numbers, my squat bench, deadlift, power clean. So that was all well and good. But um, again, you know, what is optimal? I would say for a younger athlete, longer, doing those same variations for longer periods of time and removing some of the complexity. So what does that mean for you? What does that mean for, for anyone really? Well, I think that we need to look at a number of things. We need to look at someone's training age, where they're starting at, what is their, their training history, what have they had success with, and where are they looking to go? So obviously, this is this is something you do in your intake process when you're onboarding a new client. Um, looking at all of those things is certainly going to be uh, a key factor in determining what is the right amount of variation to put in someone's program. Now, I think one of the unforeseen things is the psychological effect of doing the same exercises over and over. Recently, I saw a post and I'm going to, I'm going to see if I can dig it up. I think it was on built by science, uh, on their IG account. You can, you can confirm this. I think there was a study that they listed where they, it was like a multiple choice question. They asked, what is the, you know, the optimal dose or the optimal amount of exercise variation? How much does someone need to vary exercise to still make progress? And I think the optimal dose they found out was 12 weeks. And I wouldn't disagree. Maybe a year or two ago, I would have disagreed and I would have said, you know, that's that's just too long. But at this stage where I'm at right now, I would agree that someone can make progress doing that. I've actually even said to my wife a few times that I I almost want to write myself and I'm not I'm probably not going to do this just to say for the record, but I almost want to write myself like the perfect block of training. Let's say it's four weeks. And I almost want to do that for an entire year just to see how what happens. Now, in theory, that's a great theory, right? I would love to be able to tell you guys, hey, guess what? I did the same program for a year and I got I made continuous improvements across, you know, 12 months time. I would love to be able to tell you guys in a year from now that that was the case and, you know, it went that well. Or maybe it didn't go well. I would obviously tell you that too. But the problem is, and this is, this is, I, I really want to make this um, the focal point of this show. It's not necessarily, will I make progress or not? It's, can I do that same program for 12 months? And again, I'm not going to put myself out there and say I'm going to do it because I, I know that there is very, you know, you're probably talking a 5 to 10% chance that I could actually do that. Mentally commit to doing the same program for 12 months. Now, Let's, let's forget about 12 months. Let's talk about 12 weeks. Can I do the same program for 12 weeks? My history would tell you that that's an 
unequivocal no, there is almost no chance I can do the same program for 12 weeks at a time. Let's go to my clients. Most of my clients, I use four-week blocks of training. I do have a few people that I use three-week blocks of training. Let's go to Team CXE, my subscription. We use three-week blocks of training. So I'm going to just paint this picture for you guys so it makes sense. Team CXE, so my basically the, the lowest uh, barrier to entry to using my programming, it's $27 a month, is a three-week style. So we change variations every three weeks. However, I use the same methods for 12 to 16 weeks at a time. Someone that is not a coach will not, they're not going to notice that. But some of you guys that are coaches, especially some of you that have been through some of my education, like the playbook, will recognize certain methods that are used in that programming for that length of time. Now, how I deliver it changes. I vary it every three weeks because that it fits with not only our dynamic effort waves, if of course we're doing one, but it also fits very well with doing like a sub-maximal effort wave. Maybe we're doing a, a three, two, and a one RM. So that's week one, week two, and week three. Now, people coming to Team CXE more than likely are coming from more of a constantly varied background. And you know what that means. That's more than likely it's CrossFit. So if you take someone coming from CrossFit where they have constant variety, they're always doing different things on a, on a daily basis, not a weekly, they're, they're doing different things daily. There's no structure. And maybe it's, um, you know, obviously depending on where they're coming from, every gym is different, but maybe they just have a ton of variety in the way they're training. I mean, these, uh, that type of training, what I saw when I was programming for CrossFit gyms, they'd even vary their warm-ups daily. They wouldn't even use the same warm-up twice, which is crazy to me now. But back then, that's what I saw all the time. People were using different warm-ups. If you did a dynamic warm-up um, in a certain way on day one, they would probably never do it that way again. It'd be always be varied, um, which, again, just there's a number of just negative impacts to that, which we're going to get into. But my point being is that if I have someone coming from CrossFit that's used to constant variety, and then I ask them, Let's do four weeks of the same training. It's kind of a big ask. Three weeks is a little bit more manageable. You'd be very surprised that that one week less makes a huge difference. And it keeps that structure intact where you're seeing the same dynamic effort movement. Say, let's say we're doing a speed trap bar deadlift. You know, week one is 40%. Week two is 45%. Week three is, is 50%. They're seeing that, they see that semblance, that organization, and it makes sense to them. So it's not a big ask asking them to go from constant variance, uh, variance to a three-week wave. Now, when I get someone one-on-one, it's a different situation because I am communicating with them on a on a really a weekly basis, I am talking to my clients. I am checking in with them. I am sending them Loom videos. I am coaching their movements. I am showing them what I see. So... I find that nine times out of 10, an extra week of the same variations with those clients is to their benefit. And I show them it. There's no subjectivity. I'm showing you, hey, look, you know, we just ran cluster sets and we did it for three weeks. We really needed that fourth week. And I actually have a client this this exact scenario played out. We ran a three-week wave of cluster work uh, for one of his squat patterns. And the third week was there was still more in the tank. We we had a little bit more to get from that cycle had we had one more week with the same variations. Um, and he saw that. And you know, it happened actually a few times. And I said, okay, listen, we're gonna we're gonna move to a four-week block, and this is why. And lo and behold, he is making much better progress now. Like night and day, his 
final week, if we're doing cluster work or even dynamic effort, I even run a four week wave with, with using some speed work, he gets a lot more from it because it's one more exposure to that movement where he has got it locked in. So if you're constantly varied, you're not locking in positions. You're not locking You're not getting comfortable. Now, this is, I think, the biggest, the biggest point I'm going to make right here in this entire podcast. So <laughs> make sure you're listening to this. This is the biggest point to having a successful online business, in my opinion, as far as delivering programming. You do not want people to have to A, guess, and B, be constantly learning. They shouldn't be looking at their phone over and over. If you do different programming, different warmups, different exercise selection every single week, there is a learning curve that happens every single week. If you do different vari- or same variations for four weeks, the learning curve is a lot less steep. A lot of the people you're probably working with are not coaches themselves. So we want to eliminate that learning curve. So let's just say, let's just kind of give you a theoretical, um, a hypothetical situation. Let's say you're my client and you're, I'm working with you and we're using a four day a week uh, conjugate split and um, you know we're varying the exercises every week. And let's just say that you're not a coach. You have to watch those demo videos of everything. Now, let's just say that the warm-up has, my warm-ups have six different things to them, but I put them all in one video. They're short videos, um, which again, this is probably another topic we can go into on another show. But so let's just say that you have four things in your warm-ups. That's four videos. And then you have five movements in your session. That's five videos. And then let's say that there's a cool down. Maybe that's one video. So let's just say we're looking at, you know, uh, for all intents and purposes, we're looking at 15 videos, okay? You're asking a client to watch 15 videos. And let's say that they're only a minute apiece. So 15 minutes spent. Now there's the experimentation. They're working, they're not working with you in person. So they have to learn how to do these exercises. Let's say they've never done a Russian kettlebell swing. So they have to look at the video, practice it, look at the video. It is a roadblock to their training. So too much variety is a roadblock to their training. So again, Take this for what it is. Let's just forget about results. Let's forget about everything else. Let's forget about studies. Let's forget about what you may think you know. Put yourself in the client's shoes. If they have to look at their phone every single day and watch 15 minutes of video, how do you think that's going to work? (laughs) You know the answer. I know the answer. So we want to create as the minimal amount of roadblocks as possible. All right. So again, all things aside, forget about what is the best way or, you know, if we have, you know, people right now are talking a lot about rest intervals. If we rest three minutes between every single exercise, okay, well, if you rest three minutes between every single exercise and you do five sets of five, do the math. You're you're talking, you know, 50, 60 minutes of rest in a session, not going to happen for the normal person. So we have to always think about what is the client seeing? What do they have to do to do the training? And then, obviously, there is the result factor. We need to get results. They are going to get better results if they do the same variations for at least four weeks. Now, you could have some people do the same variations for longer. But the thing that I want to stress here is that will they get better results? Maybe. How is the engagement, though? Are they going to be motivated to do the same training for 12 weeks at a time? Some people, they, they certainly could. 
the right personality type could do the same training for extended periods of time. And you know what? They might feel better doing the same training. That is something that you need to uncover in your onboarding process. However, most people that I work with that come to me, four weeks is a sweet spot. Three weeks is for someone that's super, super type A. And I have a few guys like that right now um, that need a lot more variety. And that's that's fine. But most people are going to do well with four weeks of training. It's less learning curve, less roadblocks. They can refine movement patterns. They can get the most from the training if they do it for at least four weeks. Now, again, the, the question of having it be longer, that's going to be case by case. But remember that Yes, they might get better results if they do the same training even longer than that, but we always have to ask ourselves, are they going to be motivated? I have clients that come to me that worked with coaches. One in particular told me that he worked with a coach and he was doing the same training for 12 weeks and he's a type A guy. So he's like, Jesus, I, I just cannot stay motivated to do the same training for 12 weeks. Maybe I will get better results, but I just can't mentally push myself doing the same style of training for 12 weeks long. I would agree with him. I can't do that either. And that's why I am not going to commit to doing the same program for an entire year. It is impossible for me to do that. Four weeks is, is, is the most I can possibly do. So let's take a step back because I feel like this is a, this is such an important thing that you're not going to see on social media. People are going to talk about optimal. They're going to talk about, you got to do it this way. You have to consider the psychology. You have to consider the roadblocks. And that is what is going to help your online business be successful. Don't worry about the studies. Don't worry. Worry about the person you're working with. Who are they? What are they like? What, what do they need to be successful? If they're watching 15, 20 minutes of videos per day, who has the time to do that? I don't. I don't think most people do. I, don't, I know that none of my clients do. When I send them Loom videos, my goal is to keep the Loom videos as short as possible. And I actually... My wife just gave me feedback recently and said, your Loom videos are too long. And they were, you know, six to seven minutes. So we're trying to cut that down to trim the fat, to keep them to two minutes or less, but give them everything they need. Because most of them are not coaches like me. They don't need to necessarily know um, every single detail. They need to know the big picture, right? And I needed to explain it on a third grade level, which is a challenge. So I, again, I, I just, I really want to stress that point to this, that it's not necessarily about what is optimal in terms of results. It's about what someone can stay committed to, what has the least amount of roadblocks. And this is, this is again, a case for having your programming be simpler and focus on less, you know, less resistance to the actual programming. That is why one of the main reasons why I use less complexity, why I use less bands and chains and specialty bars, because a lot of people that are late thirties, early forties have kids. They don't want to spend 15 minutes setting up their bands and chains. I I couldn't, uh, you know, agree with them more. I'm the same way. I don't want to. And I know that a lot of people have stressed that. And of course, there are plenty of people that don't mind doing that. But my goal is working with people online is that if they're working with me in person and I had everything set up before they came, that's a different story. But we want to minimize the roadblocks and then we can maximize the gains. So that's the quote of the day. Minimize the roadblocks to maximize the gains. Hope that helps, guys. Go down the rabbit hole yourself. Hopefully, you already have. You've experimented. I've I've experimented with a number of ways. I find three to four weeks for myself to be optimal. I find three to four weeks. And again, 90% are, are four-week blocks of training for my clients. And uh, I don't think I would do it any other way. Now, some of you may have purchased some of my Conjugate X conditioning programs that I wrote, you know, some of them now two, three, four years ago. 
those had more variety. There was, you know, two week blocks of training, which is not something I would recommend. And that's why those programs are being phased out. And, you know, programming is always evolving. So we're always updating and improving the way we do things. I would not recommend that much variety to almost anyone. All right. So really important piece here to remember that there is a big picture and the big picture is we have to keep people motivated. We have to keep them engaged in the process. And if we hit minimize the roadblocks, we can effectively do that. I hope that helps, guys. When I post this on social media, do me a favor. Drop me a comment. Let me know what you want to hear about on upcoming shows. Talk to you guys soon. This was another episode of Strong AF X Well Conditioned Show. Tune in every Wednesday for new episodes. And be sure to subscribe on all podcast platforms. 